Hey friends, I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. I have Mo Isom and Brittany Prazen on the show talking about the Holy Spirit. He is everything to me. I know I couldn't live this life without him, and I am desperate for him moving in my life every single day. How about you? I know sometimes yielding control to the Holy Spirit can be scary at times, but when we do, life takes on a depth that we would have never known. A surrendered life, my friends, is the best life. Mo and Brittany are two parts of a six-part ministry team called Bold Life Initiative. Bold Life exists to challenge, encourage, and equip Christ followers to relentlessly pursue holy and bold lives. Through timely word-rooted and spirit-led communication, they long to see a revival of depth occur within the Bride of Christ, as well as sanctification progress, as they point others towards Yahweh's heart, will, and power available to all of us through Jesus. Mo is an author, a teacher of the word, and a mouthpiece for the prophetic revelation God grants their team. Mo's husband, Jeremiah, is the leader of their team, a spiritual watchman, and richly in love with the word of God. Brittany Prazen is a prophet for the Lord with incredible spiritual insight. She's a writer and a humble servant for the kingdom. They do a series on YouTube and Instagram called Life by the Spirit. So listen in as I talk to Mo and Brittany as they each share one of their own Kairos moments and how God called them into what they're doing now. I'm Julie Holmquist, and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number 20. I have today on the show, Mo Isom and Brittany Prazen. Is that how you say your name, Brittany? Okay. Tell me a Kairos moment where God did something and it changed the trajectory of everything in your life. Yeah. I, um, man, as I, as I reflect on that and think about sort of those converging moments that really shift everything and are markers. I, I find that these, these moments really become markers in our story, mm-hmm. uh, in our faith journey. And there are big ones and there are small ones and there are everyday ones and there are total season shifting ones. Um, but I, I think, you know, you, we joked at the beginning, you know, from LSU to now sex ministry to now moving into, yeah. you know, perfect understanding how we get there. But uh, sometimes I ask myself the same question, <laughs> and the answer is literally um, this this convergence, this intersection of God in the midst of walking open handedly forward, and really the proclamation of of send me God, use me. You know, I'm I'm willing and I'm here, and I'll never forget. I wrote my first book, Wreck My Life: Journeying from Broken to Bold, and that was. Uh, fresh out of LSU. That was my testimony of coming to faith and all of the adversity that I had endured and um, man, the radical ways that, that God had transformed my life in response to the revelation of Christ and of the gospel. Uh, but as I was writing that book, I, I remember realizing even, man, there is a layer here of my life, of my sexuality, of my you know sexual testimony that is paralleling my testimony of coming to faith, sort of my life story of brokenness, confusion, pain, wounds, 
an, an encounter with Christ and everything changed. And I thought, I can't squeeze this into one chapter, Lord. I would do it in service. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know how or when, Lord, I'm willing, but I don't know how or when you would find the space to, <laughs> to use this. So I, I remember as I was finishing writing that book, I was just open-handed in that way, but also sort of um, grieved that it, it didn't seem like that was the opportunity to step into that area. And then one day I was in my kitchen and um, it was, we were like relatively newlyweds in this little kitchen or level of a house. And uh, it was genuinely like I was standing at the island of my kitchen and suddenly I just received a download from the Lord. It was this moment in time. I don't know if anyone listening has ever experienced that, but it's like I couldn't find paper and pen fast enough. My heart was suddenly just engulfed in flames and my mind excited in my hands. I mean, I was just searching for anything to write and I just began to write and he began to truly just supernaturally download sex Jesus and the conversations at church for God. Here are the things I want you to speak into. Here are the things I want you to address. I mean, I'm just writing, writing, writing. And it was such a moment in time where things just stood still. And I remember putting down the pen and looking at that paper and realizing, you know, I said before I'd be willing, but now he's actually saying, okay, here's how yeah. And this is what I want you to do. And here's the commissioning to a degree. Mm. And the reality of Good. that, I had a choice in that moment. I looked at that paper. I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was like everything in my flesh wants to say, no, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> set this aside and keep going about cooking like yeah. in the kitchen. And we have those choices right. in these moments of God's collision with our life and these Kairos moments we have this choice to engage and receive and respond or to miss because we're too busy or reject or, you know, um, think our way around. But I remember thinking, I have a choice here. My flesh wants to say, no, thank you. The reality of that commissioning is a little too much. But everything in my spirit is saying, I am doing a new thing. Mm. And I am... God is opening this door and commissioning this change of trajectory that will set captives free, that will raise a courageous voice for people who have been silenced by shame, that will put all of my nitty gritty on display and be very vulnerable and hard and will come with warfare. But his invitation was, I'm doing a new thing even with, with your life and will you follow? And I said, yes, I think I I grabbed the paper and I actually ran upstairs. I say we were living in a level of a house. It was my mother's house. (laughs) I I ran upstairs to my mom and I said, mom, I think I'm going to do this crazy blog series. (laughs) That's like how limited even at first our understanding can be of the greater thing that he's doing. And um, turns out that was, you know, the book that he had was writing through my spirit and a whole shift and change seasonally ministerially of a place he wanted us to step into. Um, and I'm so glad the answer in that, you know, wild and radical and beautiful moment was yes, because we often like, I think sometimes in these moments count the cost and we focus so much on the cost 
chance or the risk or how could everything change? How could I change directions? You know, what would that cost me? But man, I look back in the years of ministering in that space and I just think, oh, the game, how, how, why would we ever count the cost when the gain is his glory? And the gain is knowing this was his hand in this moment and his voice leading us. I don't even want to think about what things would have looked like if I, you know, resisted or said no. And right. um, what he's done in so many moments since then, even leading us into this next season of deeper prophetic sight, it all can be rewound to that moment of intersection in that kitchen. Oh, and then, wow. Okay. And yeah, it's just... It's just powerful when he speaks and moves and we agree and say yes, even without any understanding of what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the yes of, of faithfulness, I think he uses so powerfully. So that's a really distinct one that comes to my mind. God talks to us in our everyday lives. And if we train our ears to hear his voice, we'll hear it in, even in our mundane doing dishes, you know, all of that kind of stuff, right? And then also I, a Kairos moment always requires a response. So I loved how you said that, you know, we can think our way around it. We can excuse it. We can put it under the rug, you know, all of that. But a Kairos moment always demands a response and it's either yes, I'm willing or no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And, oh gosh, I I think about probably a few of the times that I've missed the Kairos Mm -hmm. moments and what could have been but I'm training myself to hear them more or be aware of them more easily. And they're not just God winks where, you know, God gave me that parking space when I pulled up to the store, you know, it's like there it's a convergence, like you said, of heaven and earth. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I I appreciate you writing that book because I know it wasn't easy and I'm sure there was spiritual warfare going on big time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually factor that in as fully as maybe I should have, but his grace is sufficient and he, yes. he led us through. So yeah. yeah. Brittany, do you have one you can share? I do. Um, and I, I loved the, the theme of your podcast because it was actually, I was in um, a sermon series by a pastor in my um, church that I was attending in while I was in law school. And it was the summer right before I started my last year of law school. So I had up until that point fully prepped myself to become an attorney, thought that I was on the track to become, you know, a a prosecutor or some official within criminal law. I, I, I had internship after internship, just fully, fully, you know, eyes focused on, I am going to be a lawyer. And that is the trajectory of my life. I've, I've just invested, you know, law school money into, into what I believe that my future is going to look like. And um, I remember sitting, it was that, it was the, the, the summer before I started my last year, sitting in, in a church service that I had just so happened to be um, a part of. I, I wasn't even supposed to attend that day. And for some reason they had a guest speaker and he came in and he, he started talking about this concept of Kairos moments. And he said that he was sitting in, in the same seat um, when he was a student at my school. He, he was a well-known basketball player in, um, in his former glory. He was uh, an older gentleman, but he uh, 
said that he had been in that same seat while while in in law school or not in law school but while he was in undergrad at at school at the University of Wyoming where I was attending and he said that he he believed that God was sending him into ministry although he had prepped his whole life up until that point he was going to be a teacher he had you know this secular career planned out he knew what was going to happen in the in the coming months, in the coming years, he had the whole five to ten year plan of exactly what he knew he was going to do, and God totally interrupted in a Kairos moment in his life and said, "Actually, you're gonna you're gonna be in ministry now. You're gonna give up the basketball. You're gonna give up the teaching, and you're gonna you're gonna go to Bible college, despite the wishes of his parents, despite all of these things." And I had been wrestling the just over a period of time of like, okay, I know that something is spiritually happening to me. Like while I'm studying, while, while I'm trying to like maintain my composure, even in courtrooms and stuff, I would feel like the Holy Spirit come upon me and I'd be like, Oh no, Lord, like I can't be both. I can't be in this secular space. And then also try to like feel this urge to like prophesy over someone. Like it was so, (laughs) it was so intense. And I'm like, I can't, I can't just like wear this mask and use like, around all these suits and so I had I had been present for his message and I knew that what he was speaking was from God and I was supposed to be there and it, his Kairos moment actually ended up being my Kairos moment mm-hmm. to, to say law school's not it yeah you were there for a purpose and for a season but the the plan and the trajectory that I thought my life was was going to take just it got God had a different vision than what than what I did and so um, over the next several weeks and, and possibly even months, every every time I would go to church or every time I would be, you know, trying to like finally tune my ear to listen. Okay, God, are you sure? Are you sure I'm not going to be a lawyer? Like, are you sure? I have law school debt. Like, I just finished. I, I, this is this is a huge risk. If you're asking me to go into ministry after a law degree, like. I'm going to have to explain this to my mom. I'm going to have to explain this to my colleagues. Like, I, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know how, how to go about this. And every single time I was listening to something, it was like another one of God's reassurances. Like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Despite me, yeah, wanting to run at points and like being too scared because of, of the financial situation and being um, uncertain with what my future looks like, I very much like to have a blueprint and a map and a, a <laughs> full sight of what I will be stepping yes. into. And when I don't have it, it's, it's like that control rises up and you're like, no, but me, God. And God's just like, no, like give it up. Yeah. So that was, that was something that really changed the trajectory of my life. That was definitely one of the most, like Mo was saying, like she received this download while she was in her kitchen. And it, it was almost like you receive this, like, anointing over you and you just you just know despite what the world says and despite nothing making sense and despite like you know all of this opposition you you have this like internal peace somewhere inside of you that's like okay like despite all that fear I'm gonna be okay I, I'm trusting God and I will make it and by the grace of God despite all of that you know finance finance was a huge was probably one of my biggest fears sure. and by all of that I can literally testify to the fact that God has paid nearly 75% of, of my, of my uh, financial debt at this point and sustained and kept, kept me afloat and kept me fed and kept me 
I've never missed a payment. Like, yeah, it's just incredible. So how did your mom respond when you told her? (laughs) I think I slowly piece by piece started breaking it to her like over time. I didn't just like believe her. She is, um, she, she, she definitely, um, isn't like entrenched in like a church body. She believes she, she's a professed, you know, believer in Jesus, but, um, I, I feel like she hasn't really been surrounded with community that's operating like ministerial space. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of foreign concept to her altogether. So, yeah. um, trying to explain like, mom, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Um, I think, I think over time I was just like, mom, this is something the Lord has asked me to do. And if I disobey, I will be disobeying God. And I cannot do that for my life. Like I I cannot be a professed believer and then run away from the thing that God is calling me to. And um, yeah, just piece by piece. I slowly kind of, you know, cause you hope that you, as a parent, you want your child to succeed and you have person like, you know, vision of their future as well. And, uh, I mean, I was right on the cusp of graduating and then like dropping this bomb, like, but I'm not actually going to take the bar. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. um, so it, she, she's been supportive though. I, I've had some great conversation with her about it. She's, she's come around good. and yeah, she's been good. So good. So both of you have talked about downloads from the Lord and hearing God's voice and all of that. How would you explain that to someone who's a non-believer who, you know what I mean? Because I, sometimes those terms can sound like Christianese, you know, like I heard from God. Well, what does that mean? And that's where you guys are going with your life in the spirit. That's probably part of it, hearing God's voice and following him. So tell me, act like I'm a non-believer and tell me what that means to hear God's voice. Yeah, it's good. It is good. I find um, really the explanation of this point is the great invitation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. There um, is a lot that we can know about God, um, but what sets apart the beauty of who God truly is and um, how much he loves us and all that he has done for us and how truly in control he is of our dates, of what's ahead for you, of um, all that, that has been and all that will be is the fact that it is not just about knowing God. It's the invitation to experience God. Mm-hmm. And these, this, these experiences are hard to even wrap words around because our flesh in the natural, like they're supernatural. Yeah. They're not, they're not easy to define or Webster's dictionary would have knocked it out of the park for us already. They're incredible mental, emotional, spiritual, physical experiences with the very one who made us. And that, uh, you know, if I was talking to a non-believer, I would, I would, Remind, I know that may sound wild, but it is wonderful. And it's, it's inexplicable. And yet, you know, because God, the word says that God's sheep know the voice of their shepherd. It's a still small voice at times. It's a commanding voice at times. It's, 
clear it sometimes it is, you know, needs interpretation at others. But there's no denying when we receive Christ by faith and begin to walk forward through our days, man, feasting, reading the word, um, spending time in prayer and intercession, time in his presence. Uh, Even, goodness, when I first came to believe, it was literally just like, it still is just conversational all day long with a God who I prayed heard me and was listening. And turns out the word confirms that he does. And I would see things happen or move or shift in response. But man, these experiences with God, these encounters, they're the very inheritance uh, offered to the children of God. And though they're hard to explain, they're almost impossible to miss Mm. because something overcomes in such a beautiful and tender and forceful way. It's like, Oh, once you've, once you've opened your heart by faith to receive an encounter and experience with God, because it takes faith. We can rationalize a lot of stuff. We can talk away a lot of stuff. Oh, that's just coincidence. Oh, that's just yada, yada. Right. But when we actually begin to take these baby steps, these steps forward by faith of saying, God, could that have been you? Was that you that dropped this thought in my mind? Was that you that drew me suddenly to man, desire to, to ask forgiveness from my neighbor, my, you know, my sibling, like these encounters where things come to our mind, mm. ideas, thoughts, and they just can't be explained. And they aren't what we would think <laughs> too. Like right. when his ways kind of collide with ours, um, I think they're, they're the first fruit inheritance for the believer. And when we receive those by faith, we start to experience them more and more and more. And suddenly Things people say can't shake you. Circumstances right. can't shake you. You're like, I know the one. I, I know because I've, I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And that um, for me is the great invitation of the gospel, but also one that I can't package and sell and give you mm-hmm. a tip of how to, how to encounter it. And three easy steps, right? You can't. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's how. And would you say it's more positioning our hearts before the Lord, you know, opening our hearts and saying, well, it's kind of like that scripture that says he who comes to God must first believe that he exists Mm -hmm. and then um, he rewards them for diligently seeking him. And I think he rewards us by giving us his presence. Yeah. You know, the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. And I mean, I remember when I came to know Christ, suddenly it was just like, my thoughts were consumed. My focus was consumed. My, you know, sight was consumed. And still to this day, there's no question of how do I fit God into X, Y, Z. It's like God's in everything and in every, and every interaction. And I truly think it is about the greatest prayer that anyone could pray, non-believer or believer alike. One that I pray almost every day is, Lord, please grant me greater humility because I, I need to get out of the way <laughs> to receive the fullness of you. Right. And when we begin to pray uh, and humble ourselves before the Lord, he lifts us up and that the kindness of his, um, his lifting is, is like, I picture sort of in spiritual sights, like we humble ourselves, we bow before his throne and he lifts our chin up and he meets us eye to eye. 
And this is when we experience and encounter the person who is Christ, you know, the, the, our creator, who is our Abba Father, versus just knowing a lot about him. When he looks you eye to eye, it's, um, it's trans- transformational. Well, when you said that, it made me think of that scripture, he's the glory and the lifter of my head. Mm-hmm. And in the Old Testament times, you know, the poor people, the crippled, whatever, they would just be sitting at the gate and their heads would be down. Mm-hmm. The person who wanted to take care of you and help you, he would go and lift up your head and wow. tell you, I'm the one that's going to take care of you. So when you're sharing that, yeah, it's an, it's more of an intimacy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I have four boys and <laughs> one of them is a special needs son and mm-hmm. he's pretty high maintenance. And so we've never been able to pull off a daily sit down as a family, open your Bible, let's have devotions. Mm-hmm. And I used to struggle with that for the longest time. But God told me that more than knowing about him, mm-hmm. I want to create an atmosphere for my boys to experience him. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. it really matters because in everyday life, we are always, you know, we talk to our boys and we, we always point them back to the word. We mm-hmm. ask, you know, how would God feel about this or whatever, but it's, it's not just telling them about him. I'm, I'm kind of gently pushing them to experience him for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. Why do you think people are so resistant to knowing the fullness of God through the Holy spirit? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. I could, I could think of many reasons. I think probably the most dominant that comes to my mind is because we really, really like control <laughs> and we really like good. to yeah. be able to understand something with our minds. Um, we, we really like to be able to fully grasp something, uh, be able to unpack it. It's, you know, clear. It. Yeah. Exactly. Explain it. We like control over things. And if we feel we can grasp them, then we feel we've, you know, hold some degree of, of understanding and faith, childlike wonder and faith, intimacy with God. It invites us into this space Mm -hmm. that again, centers around humility and centers around releasing control to say, man, you are bigger than I thought you were. And you are out of my, of my understanding and my clear ability to box you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet you bring order to my chaos. Yet this like collision with you, the releasing of my need to fully understand it and the yielding by faith to receive and to trust and to um, grow and mature in that, in discernment, in, you know, uh, how we carry things out, making sure the fruit of the spirit is yielding in us as well. You know, these things, um, they perplex the flesh. I have a friend who's so intelligent, and that is often their greatest block to experiencing God yeah. because they desire to be able to know and understand and perceive before they ever receive an experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I think God often will, um, big statement, but withhold um, certain things until the heart is prepared or until his timing designates, you know, 
when the encounter can occur, but there's a lot of blocks and walls that we keep up in trying to uh, make sense of it and, and failing to realize that we are finite and our understanding is finite and he's infinite. And my friend even just the other day was talking about, man, there's so many theological camps and thoughts and interpretations and few that would truly profess with the great heart humility of I will likely be developing in my theological understanding of God the entirety of my life. Because to oh, think yeah. that I sit down in a classroom for a semester and suddenly understand everything just right is, is, is man trying to, yes. you know, educate man on God, yeah. but the spirit of the living God, man, he's the greatest delight and the greatest mystery. And the invitation to intimacy is to know him more. When God calls us to something through the Holy Spirit, we may be tempted to dismiss it or even try and ignore it. We can feel afraid at the enormity of it, but even with all of that, we can still have the foundation of peace. I can't wait for you to listen to next week's episode as we dive a little deeper into our life by the Holy Spirit. See you next time.